Welcome to this week's podcast, Building Blocks of the Indian Economy. I'm your host, Amar Meni. In recent episodes, we have looked at some of the challenges of property development in India from the perspectives of both the builders and the buyers, mainly focusing on residential property. We found that the biggest impediment to a smoother functioning residential property market is the availability of land in places that people would like to live. But this week, I would like to focus on commercial property. This topic comes to mind any time I visit one of the old business districts in one of our bigger cities, whether it is South Mumbai's Kolaba, Connaught Place in Delhi, Annasala in Chennai, or the Park Street area in Kolkata. All these once bustling and futuristic hubs, symbols of modernity, now look uh, rather archaic, charming perhaps mainly for historical tours, rather than as places where today's business is done. If you stood at any place in these old business districts, take Kolaba in Mumbai, for example, and took a picture, say 20 or 30 or 40 or even 50 years ago, and then stood at the same place today and took that same picture, you would find that very little has changed. In fact, if you put a black and white filter on today's picture, it might even be confused with the picture from 50 years ago. Of course, that is not to say that there has not been huge economic development in India in that time. It is just that these old business districts have been frozen in time. The economy has moved both ahead and away to newer business districts, which can accommodate the needs of today's economy. Now, when we talk about commercial property, there are basically three categories retail, office, and industrial real estate. If we talk of retail space, then there is a certain challenge in acquiring good retail space for shops in India cities. The challenge is basically one of quality. And in the 1990s and 2000s, shopping malls were thought to be the solution to this problem. The shopping malls were symbols of modernity, both in India's bigger cities and bigger towns. They represented glitz and glamour. They were a social and entertainment hub for the time. There was always a little bit of a worry, however, as to whether the plentiful footfall, the never-ending traffic of people through the malls, would translate into consumption, or whether people would just come and have a look, maybe even eat something, and a little later, click a selfie, and then leave. Well, the concerns were valid. India's shopping malls took a massive hit during the pandemic, like shopping malls did everywhere. But they were in a great deal of trouble in the years leading up to 2020. In fact, even before the pandemic, there were ghost malls littering India's cities up and down the country. Now, there are about 270 shopping malls in India, and about 55 are considered ghost malls, with less than 40% occupancy. But... Incredibly, there are plenty more malls being built. In fact, in just the next four or five years, roughly 40% of the current amount of stock will be added to the market. Again, that might mean another 100 malls. During the first wave of shopping mall development, there was a perception, borne out by the facts, that a lot of the capital going into the development of the malls was dirty money. Has anything changed? See, because the shopping mall business model seems a little bit defunct, or at the very least, 
challenging to get right. So it would seem either to be naivety, stupidity, or an ulterior motive to keep investing money in perhaps the next ghost mall in your town or city. Now, it would seem that shopping online is a direct substitute for shopping in malls, and so that would spur demand for a different type of property. Online retailers need warehouse space rather than shops in malls, and India's warehouse property market has been booming. Online retailers, along with third-party logistics groups, have been taking up about two-thirds of India's warehouse space between them in recent years, and occupancy levels are near 90%. Most of the development in the warehouse space has been in greenfield projects, that is, acquiring land and building a new warehouse rather than upgrading an existing one. In addition, whilst we generally thought of industrial property as a factory, we have a new type of factory coming up for the information age, data centers. See, for any IT-based business, whether it's telecommunications, online commerce, or even government portals, they all need data centers to store and process that information. These centers tend to house more machines than people, but one unique requirement is that besides the land, they need a lot of power, a lot of electricity. You probably have seen articles about just how much electricity Bitcoin farms suck up. And so it is the same for these data centers. They either need cheap and reliable electricity provided by the state or private companies, or the ability to generate their own. But the fundamentals for real estate in both warehousing and data centers look very promising. So, some 20 years later, the shopping mall did not quite turn out to be the retail business model of the future for India. But warehouses are serving shoppers better, and data centers are the new information factories. But what happened to our old business districts? Well, I will focus mainly on Mumbai, but the basic template is the same around India's bigger cities. Leave aside retailers, businesses requiring office space have been leaving the likes of Connaught Place, Annasalai, Park Street, and Nariman Point at a rapid pace over the past 20 years and settling in new business hubs in places which would have been considered quite distant not long ago. Now, the problem has not really been one of availability of land as such. It has been a problem of availability of what is known as grade A commercial property. The office spaces in these old centers are just too run down, technologically deficient, without even basic things like parking for modern offices to function. There is also the problem of split or fractional ownership. An entire building might not have one owner, and so a tenant, let's say a bank, if it wants three floors in a building, might have to deal with three different landlords and all of their various demands and stipulations. So in these old business districts, like Mumbai's Nariman Point, there is not so much a shortage of commercial property, it is just that it is of poor quality and property owners have not done enough to invest in redevelopments and refurbishments to maintain interest from tenants, particularly when there are newer, better options popping up around the city. Now, it has been pointed out that this is in the natural order of things. Generally, a centre of business activity moves within a city every 40 or 50 years, following this cycle. 
Landlords think they have a captive market of tenants who have to, or very much want to, be located in these business districts. They keep increasing rents without making improvements to their properties. A rival business district pops up, offering better facilities, more floor space at half the rent, and once captive tenants start to escape captivity and move out, leaving the old business district a shadow of what it once was. We can see this happening in Mumbai over the past 200 years. The original business district was Ballard Estate, with the navy yards not far by. The business district then moved just a little over to the fort, and then by the 1970s, symbolized by the Air India building, it moved across the southern tip of the island towards the newly reclaimed land of Nariman Point. Symbolic of the woes of Nariman Point, Air India offered its building for sale about 10 years ago, with absolutely no private sector interest. The only interested parties were other Government of India entities like the State Bank and the Tax Department. And so Nariman Point might just become a derelict district of little law offices and accountancy firms, prized only for its location close to the offices of the Maharashtra state government. It could also become residential property for the super-rich. So where have all the businesses gone? Well, further north into the Midtown area, to the Bandra Kurla complex, a purpose-built business park developed in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Initially, it did not have many takers, but then the Maharashtra government started charging tax upon its own valuation of commercial property rather than the actual rent being charged by landlords. And so prices started to skyrocket in the early 2000s in Nariman Point. The as yet floundering Bandrakurla complex suddenly had many interested tenants, both from the private and government sectors. Today, the BKC, as it is known, could be dubbed Ambani land. I think mainly in a good way. See, the Reliance Group likes to build big, and so it has massive shopping malls, theatres, and corporate offices in the complex. At the moment, it looks like the future has arrived. Bandra generally is one big construction zone at the moment for both commercial and residential property developments, and is now very much the centre of modern business activity in Mumbai, that being said, rentals in the area are now at double that of Nariman Point, the old centre of Mumbai business of just 15 or 20 years ago, which shows that it was not just cheaper rents that tenants were seeking, but the quality of the commercial property on offer, and the ease of dealing with one landlord rather than three different ones on three different floors. So today, journeying from South Mumbai's old business districts like Ballard Estate, the Fort, and Nariman Point, up to the Bandrakurla complex is a bit like time travel, from the 1880s to the 2020s. All that being said, occupancy levels for office space in India are not particularly high at the moment. In fact, vacancy rates are hovering at around 20%, and a huge amount of supply is coming onto the market in the next three to four years around 150 million square feet, at four times the capacity of the market to absorb. It is something that we have seen as we have examined India's property market across the board. We saw it in residential real estate as well. An amazing optimism about the future 
somewhat disconnected from the realities of the present. See, the decline of one's prized commercial property is a major worry for the real estate industry around the world, as corporates have more and more people working away from the office. And about two-thirds of the investment in Indian office space comes from these foreign multinationals. A couple of things which might save the day for India is the very low base it is working off, just the need for so many more offices to support a growing economy, as well as a greater ease, enthusiasm and willingness in getting workers back into offices compared to developed economies. So let's hope we do not add ghost offices to our ghost residential towers and ghost shopping malls in the years to come.